Welcome to Fat Mascara. I'm Jess. What are you doing? Are you dancing? Maybe. I love it. I'm Jen. I'm energized. I'm energized. It's a beautiful day in New York. Um, Jen is back from Paris. Yeah, bonjour, everyone. Your body clock says what right now? Like almost, it's, it's been one, up almost 1 a.m. So I've been up about Almost 20, 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. You're a stronger gal than I am because I can't do that. I'm here. I'm ready to bring it. I will wow. actually tell you about my Paris trip. That's what okay, we're going to talk cool. about a little bit. We'll talk about that a little bit. And then we're going to talk about what else? Um, Chafing. Mm. It's an issue this time. It's an issue all year long for a lot of women, but especially in the heat. <laughs> oh, my God. And, yeah. Um, I've got some tips for like skin rub issues okay great great um and then we have a guest who wow i mean like where do i start dr mccreen alexiadis she is a dermatologist she has a billion degrees she's super smart i think she's also fulbright scholar we learned oh god yeah fulbright scholar so if you want to feel better about yourself academically, <laughs> don't listen. Fa- fast forward. No. <laughs> no, no. Um, no, she's really, really informative. But I have to say, like, this is this is a listen where you need to really use your brain. You got to pay attention. So much about antioxidants and topical ingredients. This is like a good science primer for you guys. I feel like your our, our listeners who love the like skincare science are gonna dig. This. Yeah, and you're gonna blow your friends away when you're like walking through Sephora or Ulta with them. Oh yeah, you're gonna come away with knowledge. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Impress. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of Fat Mascara is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. Therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest. Plus, it can help you develop coping skills that make your life easier. I will give you an example. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard me say it to Jess or to a guest, reframe. Well, I learned that technique from a therapist. Here's an example. Now that I'm a freelance writer and podcaster, I get lonely working from home and I feel like I'm never going to get to collaborate on projects again. And that's the truth. Reframe, I get to choose which projects I work on. So I'm in control of what I work on. And if I want to collaborate more with others, I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I can just do it. See what I did there? That's reframing. If you've been thinking about starting therapy or are looking for someone to help you process things and give you coping skills, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mascara today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash mascara again betterhelp.com slash mascara hey everyone it's jen and i have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing i'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation and i'm telling you right now they're all going to be linen and they're all going to be from quince I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric. And the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less, they're $39.90. But the quality is excellent and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. 
I don't know if, if we have the rights to some French music. Can you sing some little French music for me right now? Like, like Amelie, you know? I picture just like, you know, me walking the streets of Paris. Um, no, I'm back and I'm back and I want to tell you, because sometimes people like to hear what goes on in our jobs on like when we're not on the mic. Yeah. I was there interviewing Emily Ratajkowski. She's the new face of, or she's new hair of Karastas, I should say. But I want to give you, you haven't heard any of this. I want to give you a little behind the scenes of oh my, my interview. So we do the interview. I got some good tidbits that are going to be in Mary Claire, but I can share them with you as well. The girl does her own eyebrows. She does her own makeup. She only gets help with the hair. So as the interview is wrapping, um, the publicist is like, okay, it's, you know, you ready for your selfie with Emrata? Are you fucking, excuse me, are uh, you kidding me? So we were I sort of never. in the door, but I know she heard me. So now I feel bad because I didn't realize that she was still there. And I was like, I'm not taking a picture with her. <laughs> I mean, if she was wearing like a hat and a baggy skirt. I was like, Jen, why didn't you just wait till you were like further out of earshot? Maybe she didn't hear me. I'm still unclear on that. But it was just us in this hotel, a Parisian hotel suite with the publicist and whatever. And then as we're walking out and I just was like, no. Who would want that? You know, I we I shouldn't be like, oh, like, listen, you can hold up to Emrata, but it's not about holding up to. I I'm, I need to like kind of wave the flag a little bit and be like, no one should feel badly because of Emrata. But no, I have no, to it tell wasn't you, it was going to feel badly. It was just like, what would I'm I do? Projecting. With you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you do not want a picture next to, like, one of the... Well, that's what I'm talking about. I have to tell you, there's not many people um, who... And I'll let you finish your story in a second. But, like, I have to confess. there. You know how a lot of people feel like, oh, like, I'm looking at this Instagram girl or blah, blah, so-and-so makes me feel so badly about myself online. I think I'm a savvy, mature enough woman to know, like... I don't need to look like a 22-year-old, bootylicious, like the boobies, the boot, like everything, mm -hmm. like, like mm -hmm. you know, the whole package. I don't really, I just kind of whip through it. I see it for what it is. But something about Emrata makes me really feel bad. About your own self. Yeah. It's, I don't know what it is. It's funny because when I was polling people, like, what questions would you ask her? And I was talking to other people about her and even the, even Karastas people, and they love this about her. She's very feminist. She's unapologetic about showing her body off. She's very proud of it. And she thinks there's nothing wrong with that. And I totally support that. But I also think you have to think about the history and all the women that did the work before you who did all the like struggled through feminism mm -hmm. so that you can show your booties and your butts off without. True. Yeah, I don't have a I don't have a problem with her, her ethos. I think it's great that oh, she that's is. funny because some people were like, oh, they, she she wasn't polarizing. But like some women are like they wish that they had that. Confidence. confidence. Yes. You know, I listen, if I looked like her, I would be super, super confident. I don't know. I think I'm just her her physique is so incredible. Her hair is beautiful. She's beautiful. And then she's she has, never dyed her hair. Ever. Uh, yeah, see, it gets worse. And then she also has that confidence that is like jumps off the page, jumps yeah. off the screen. That for me it's like Ugh, and you I'm, also kind of like, like, damn, I probably would be friends with her. She doesn't seem that that's, annoying. That's yeah, that's why she's like, it's, she's she's like, she's everything. <laughs> well, she was lovely in person. I will say I've interviewed a lot of celebrities. She wasn't the most beautiful celebrity. Of it. She's got a very girl next door quality when you're up close with her. She mm. photographs very differently. My neighbors and, didn't look like her. No, well, she's beautiful. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But like if you're not seeing her in a bathing suit and just like in a cute outfit, she's like a beautiful woman, yeah. but not like. I can't speak. You're so beautiful. Right. right. Um, but it was. Who's your I can't speak. She's so beautiful. person. Oh, uh, you weren't here when we talked about this. Me and Patrick Ta. It was um, Adriana Lima. That's your person. Because her eyes are like so icy colored, but her her hair is so dark and it's like this weird contrast and she stares through your soul. And I was just like, I, I'm surprised. I mean, and oh, the other celebrity that I got speechless in front of. And I, I mean, at this point, probably 100 celebrities I've interviewed mm -hmm. and done profiles. Tina Fey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because of I was just intimidated, so intimidated by, by her coolness. And she has skills in like writing and things that like impress right. me so that I ended up sounding right. like an idiot and I couldn't even talk. Who did that to you? Who did that to me? Um, I think I've never met her in person, but Marianne Cotillard. Um, another one who is just like phenomenal. I know people might be like, it's not totally real or whatever. But when I met Bella Hadid, I felt like a little like 12 year old dude. Like, I was just kind of like, oh, she's gorgeous. She was stunning. Mm. Like, her face, 
her eyes, like the shape of her face, like the the pain from like like her her cheekbones were like a big like window pane. Like everything was like open and beautiful, and she was nice. That's like another Patrick Ta client. He's got her and Adriana Lima, all those like feline. Yeah, she was feline. And also we were sitting on a couch and she was like tucked up on the couch and nothing was like. this whole thing. Yeah, it was all just like (laughs) she was tucked up and I swear to God, like a crop top, like a tank crop top. But yet still folded over and that was okay. Yes. And I was wearing like my best dress to interview her, which just like skimmed the body. And she looked like she was at the dorm room ready to go take a shower with her bucket. Yes. Yeah. And I felt so like. I've got a big interview, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, these these people, man. I know. I just feel like our listeners might want to hear about like what it's like to on the other side of those celebrity interactions. Do you want to hear more about this or is this annoying? This might have been the worst segment we've ever done. You probably annoyed at us. I don't know. No, I kind of liked it because I really I don't talk about Emrata enough and I clearly have a lot of like unresolved like crush issues on her. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. I can help you sort of work through them a little bit. Thanks. I have a natural segue. Yeah, from Enrata too. <laughs> from Enrata. I bet you Enrata never experienced what I did when I lived on a fifth floor walk up in like the hottest summer of the, the early aughts. And, and I rem- what was that? I remember coming home to my old apartment, taking off my skirt and like screaming and looking at my little thighs and they were bright pink and like prickly red I I lie there for like an hour and just like wept and put ice on them nothing burns like skin chafing like truly and it could even stab sometimes it's the I don't think Emrata has that problem her legs are literally three feet apart (laughs) but (laughs) let's get into chafing this is an issue that I feel like a lot of women's magazines don't really talk about is that what it is (laughs) close set hips (laughs) It's the opposite of like what they call like a birthing hip. They say like a close hip. <laughs> so yeah, I was just like on fire, and and I think I'll never the, heat, that the day. heat makes it worse. Obviously, because you know there's sweat situation in there. Oh, and you, it's not even it's not even a size issue. I think a lot of women deal with this. I'm sure also plus size women as well. In fact, the reason I want to talk about this was while I was on my trip in Paris, most of the time I spent hanging out with this model, just me and the models. She's the plus size model. She's also got a day job. She was just like the coolest girl. Her name's Katie Lee, Catherine Lee. Anyway, we got to talking about chafing because we were both just like, this is, the heat's unbearable. Yeah, it was like 100 degrees in Paris, right? It was 104 or something. Yeah, it was insane. Um, And they don't, they don't have air conditioning, really. Um, we both have the same favorite product. What is it? Monistat. Monistat powder gel. Have you ever tried this? No. I don't think it was around in the early aughts when you um... <laughs> were screaming in the West Village. <laughs> yes. So also when I uh, I was doing marathons and you would get like there's nipple chafing sometimes. Oh, stop this. it. Stop it. This stuff is amazing. It's like a it, I think it's probably a lot of silicone in it, mm-hmm. but it ha, it's like a cream, but it turns to a powder, but it has this slip that you would not believe. It's, and so she likes it on her inner thighs, but it's also good for like under a sports bra, if it's like rubbing, if you're running or things like that. I I really wish they would have put it under a different name so you don't have to feel like I'm going yeah. to buy Monistat, but Monistat powder gel. And so I wanted to tell everybody about it because it's summertime. I'm laughing because I'm picturing like if you really lube your thighs up in the, like, you know, the ear and You don't even need that, that much. Like, do you just go flying to work? You, <laughs> you it's like, like, <laughs> like, is this a competitive advantage for runners? Literally, my next segue was we were also talking about running. She has also run a marathon and she was talking about, no, I wore tights. I wore shorts and I really regretted it because you do get chafing. She was like, no, I wore leggings. And she was like, it also just lets your legs like slip together better. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. So I've heard, I know I really, I actually never been using anything like to to help with the chafing. I just kind of suffer through. Mm -hmm. Um, But that a little Vaseline isn't a bad idea. Not a bad idea, no. but you don't want to like have Vaseline on you in the summer. So I also wanted to add one more tip to this segment because Wait, some I've, women... I've, I've got something. Oh, go for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know that Vaseline is actually coming out with a product. <gasps> really? Yeah. So stay tuned for September. I can't. I signed a special NDA or whatever. Okay. But well, stay, um, tuned. stay tuned, runners. Okay. Um, the last thing I wanted to add to this was based on some news I heard this week. A lot of women also use powders this time of year to like... Oh, yeah. Both for chafing and just refreshing and that kind of stuff. I'm not sure that everybody still knows this, 
But talcum powders, powders with talc in them, you cannot put on your vulva region, your genitalia area, anywhere near that stuff because it is linked to cancer. Every Multiple, multiple studies that if you put talc, okay. not like a cornstarch based powder, which okay. most of them are now, but some of them still have talc in really? it. You should not be putting on uh, a baby's genitalia or your own or Ooh. anywhere near. Okay. And so just this week, a woman was awarded $417 million in damages from the makers of a talcum powder because she was using it after shower to refresh or whatever. And she ended up getting ovarian cancer and they were able to link it to her extensive usage of that particular ingredient. Wow. It can be carcinogenic in very high doses. But remember also that area of your body is very permeable. So it's not like you're putting it on your armpits or whatever. Yeah. Um, Cornstarch-based powers are very easy to find, though. Okay. Um, for the cornstarch. Yeah. And the monostat. This is a sexy episode. I Emrata, if, I... if you're listening. <laughs> I was just saying, Emrata, can you hear us? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less, they're $39.90. But the quality is excellent and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. Just kidding. It's really wedding season. But I just got an invitation to a wedding in Philadelphia, and guess what I'll be wearing? Honey love. I'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress, but the shapewear is going to be honey love. Here's why. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus, they have lingerie-inspired design details that you'll want to show off, and all their fabrics are breathable to keep you nice and cool, which is perfect for hot days. Let me tell you a story. I remember being at a wedding, this was a few years ago, pre-Honey Love, and I wore a jumpsuit, and I wasn't sure if the bathroom door locked well, but I had to take off the entire jumpsuit and then roll down the shapewear to pee, and I was like holding onto the back of the door at the same time, completely naked in the bathroom, and it took so long, and I caused this whole backup of the bathroom line, and after that, I was like, never again. Until Honey Love came along. Honey Love's superpower shorts have a 100% cotton gusset so you don't have to wear underwear underneath. And there's a convenient opening in the underwear area so you don't have to take off the whole thing to go to the bathroom. It's so easy. Honey Love products make you look good and feel good. Whether it's for a wedding, event, an everyday boost of confidence, Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara for 20% off. The summer vibes are just getting started, so shape your life with Honey Love. Okay, everyone... I am one of those people who, when it comes to wellness, sorry, but it's got to fit into the pockets of my day. Five minutes here, seven minutes there, when I'm like in the kitchen and I'm microwaving something long, it's got to be convenient. And that is why Aloe Moves 
works for me. My mindset has changed. The app makes it easy for me to keep my wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place and bite-sized little bits. Yoga, Pilates, fitness classes, mindfulness, self-care tips, healthy recipes, so much more. From beginner to advanced, Allo Moves has the flow or class that's going to fit into your schedule. Their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day. You know what feeling I'm feeling most days? I'm feeling 10 minutes. I've been doing that's good. Joanna Thompson's. Right? That's about it. Yeah. That's good. 10 minutes. Joanna Thompson does these yoga lotties in 10. One day will be abs. One day will be arms. Today, Jess, is booty day. And we're just <laughs> going to get it done all in 10 minutes. If you're trying to get a good sweat, then you've got to try their award-winning workouts like the sweat-inducing yoga flows or the reformer Pilates workouts without weights. You can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, learn to do dry brushing. How many times have we talked about dry brushing on this podcast? Aloe Moves will teach you how to do it. Unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use the code MASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. We are here with New York City dermatologist McQueen Alexiades. Yes also known as Dr. McQueen in some circles. She is an associate clinical professor at Yale, and she's got three degrees from Harvard, a BA, an MD, and a PhD in genetics. She also founded the line 37 Actives, and today we are chatting with her about antioxidants, a word that comes up quite a bit on this podcast. All the time, and good job on the pronunciation of her last Thank name. Thank you. I know. I was nervous. <laughs> I was going to totally, you know... Like, botch that. You did not. Yeah. Welcome. Okay, McCreen. We're just going with Dr. McCreen from now on. It's great to be here hanging with you, too. I know. Very excited for this episode. It's a long time in the works. So before we get to in, into antioxidants, I just want to talk about your academic background. It is quite impressive. Thank you. What is the genetics degree about, though? Yeah, so... My uh, start in science goes dates back to when I was around 12 years old. Uh, I started working in a lab uh, at St. John's University, uh, a Dr. Richard Lakshin, on p- deriving plant derivatives that would essentially work as oral contraceptives for insects. And why sexy. is that? <laughs> so sexy. I had this is read... already like a direction I did not expect. <laughs> <laughs> I had read Rachel Carlson's Silent Spring. And I recognized as a child, like a preteen. I know this book. Yes. Yes. I was like, I was my like, husband I don't introduced me to this book. It's so that's how far what back. Is, what is Silent Spring just for our, we, we're going to talk about beach reading later. It was about the fluorinated hydrocarbons, which are pesticides that were being used since the 1960s uh, at, on crops. And these were concentrating over time into human tissues, for example, mammary glands, which is the women's mother's milk. Yeah. And I was really obsessed with this from a, a childhood. It so caused that harm, right? Is that what you're saying? Cancer, like, okay. yes, okay. and deaths. And so that was the inception for me of clean beauty. Like that's how far back it goes for me. It's, we're wow. talking like, you know, 40 years. So when I read that, I realized that's what I wanted to focus on was protecting the earth and all wildlife and humankind mm-hmm. from poisons. So once that happened, I, I searched and found this lab that was working on something really interesting. And so my idea was instead of using pesticides, can we find natural alternatives to control insects so that we're happy and they're happy? We yeah. get our food and they don't like drop dead from poison yeah. that ends up in our body. Bodies. So there was this incredible scientist who was working on this. So I worked in his lab starting at 12. Uh, Wait, on age 12? Age 12. I was really precocious when it came to the sciences. <laughs> and the Where did I, you grow up? In uh, Jamaica States in Queens, New York. Okay. And home to, you know, uh, Mario Cuomo, who actually <laughs> was at my graduation when I was valedictorian in sixth grade. Like, I, I really have deep roots in New York uh, mm-hmm. society. Uh, and, you know, we have obviously other famous people who are from that area. But when I was growing up, it was a very kind of suburban, cool community. Mm-hmm. 
but it was also very science oriented. It was almost like the STEM that's going on right now was mm-hmm. happening then in the New York public school system. Um, and even though I had gone to like a Greek private school and then I went to public school, I was really interested in science from a very young age. And I always loved research. And St. John's was a walk from my house. So that was great. And it was really convenient. So I went there and I started working for him. And I was doing really cool things like trying to figure out how we could get these natural forms of birth control out of plants and feed them to these insects. And basically what these plants do is – and they're just random plants like the Douglas fir, for example, which is an evergreen. Mm -hmm. And the insects just never become sexually mature so they can't reproduce. Right. Well, I then went in, went to Harvard at the age of 16, and the first thing I did in my freshman year was look for a lab that was continuing this work. And I, the first lab that I went to was Carol Williams, um, and he wrote the paper on this concept, essentially, of interfering with insect development through plant actives. So you got the whole PhD before you even got your MD? Well, no. I'll, I'll explain what happened. Ironically, I just found out actually a few weeks ago at, oh, after all these years that Carol Williams was the mentor of my lab head in New York City. What? I, I know. It's crazy. So I ended up working for him for several years. And then I switched to plant molecular biology for Lawrence Bogorad at Harvard. He is famous for having sequenced the entire chloroplast genome. And what I did for him was photoregulation of gene expression in plants. So that means how light turns genes on and off in plants. So now I've become an expert in insect biology, and now I've become an expert in plant molecular biology. So by the time I got to Harvard Medical School... Um, yeah, you, connect us to dermatology. I'm connecting the dots. Yeah. I then took a gap year to do a Fulbright in bioengineering of agricultural crops. So I took a gap year between my undergrad and the MD-PhD program. So I got even further expertise in the science of plants and agricultural crops in the earth. So you're like a Fulbright scholar? I'm a Fulbright scholar, wow. yeah. It's very cool. It's, <laughs> it's great. And then I went, so then when I landed in medical school, I learned what how it works is you do two years of basic science where you learn physiology. Then if you're an MD-PhD like I am, you go into the lab. But because of all the research I had done as an undergrad, I immediately qualified to start my thesis. Does so that mean like you're in the lab? I'm already doing experiments. Like you didn't have to wait to go to the lab. I didn't have to do two years of basic science oh, wow. in, in, in my field. It gained Fast me track. two years. So what that meant was I spent all four years doing research as opposed to being in a classroom. Mm-hmm. So my research was very intense. And at that point, I was I decided it was time to work on mammals. <laughs> That's us. Yes. Oh, so I, okay. I went from insects to plants, and then I got into mammalian biology. And I ended up in a lab that looked at gene control of development. So I really learned how we become who we are from the egg. So it's really, really cool. So that was what my PhD was. So it was the genetics Mm -hmm. of cellular development, and it was in the Department of Genetics. And then I went back and finished my MD and ultimately uh, ended up in terms of a clinical background in dermatology. Can, Can we bring you back to science school for a little bit? Let's let's get a science, science lesson. School. I think we have the exact right person. So if we wanted to ask you about any chemical under the sun or biological material, I'm sure you would know. Or bug. Or bug. Or agricultural crop. Yeah. I but mean, we so we wanted to ask you about antioxidants. But so before we do that, what's an oxidant and why are we anti them? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, you know, there are reactions that occur in cells. Uh, that involve oxygen. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that there are very highly reactive species that are called oxygen-free radicals. Mm -hmm. And oxygen-free radicals are basically oxygen that's got active electrons associated with it, extra electrons. And electrons are really what drive chemical reactions in the cell. So what happens is if you're exposed to ultraviolet light, or you're exposed to pollution, and perhaps some other toxins, you generate these molecules in the cell called oxygen-free radicals. They can then do some bad things, particularly they can break up membranes, they can cause damage, they can cause mutations. So antioxidants stop that from happening, and they can stop that from happening at many different levels in the cell. Okay. So when we're talking about antioxidants, 
we're talking about interrupting that entire process Mm -hmm. that ends up causing ultimately mutations to the cell Mm -hmm. that result in potentially either cell death or cancer. So they're, in a way, let's talk topical skincare. They're preventative because they're preventing this oxidation. Are they also reparative? Can they fix stuff that already happens bad to your skin? Well, both. (laughs) Yeah. You know, primarily antioxidants work. uh, You know, there are basically two classes. There are the chemical antioxidants that people use to kind of like preserve products. But what we're talking about in skincare are the the ones that are like put on the label, like contains, contains, yeah, to prevent degradation of a product Mm, over time. But then we have the antioxidants that we're using in skincare where the primary goal is to prevent uh, oxygen-free radicals and oxidative damage from occurring. Mm -hmm. But I think that what we've learned in the past couple of decades is whereas we started out with the very simple antioxidants, which are vitamin C and E, for Mm -hmm. example, we've become much more sophisticated. So whereas vitamin C and E work to block the ultraviolet-induced free radicals through a number of mechanisms, We have discovered a host of quote-unquote antioxidants that are far more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. Some of them, like glutathione, um, do important cleanup in the cell. To your point, the cleanup of of, of oxygen-free radicals can um, have far-reaching effects because it gives the cell a chance to repair itself. Oh, so the so the antioxidant isn't doing the repair, but it lets my skin do its repair. Yes. And well, there it. are antioxidants that are going to work on different parts of the cell. So whereas you may have water-soluble types of antioxidants like vitamin C, E, ferulic acid kind of floating around in the cytosol, you may have other antioxidants that are much more complicated molecules working in what are called the mitochondria. Other oh, Jess ones, loves the mitochondria. Yeah. Other ones <laughs> the that mighty, are working mighty, in the powerhouse nuclear. of the cell. The, the mighty <laughs> mitochondria. Yeah. It's so yeah. cute. And then the nucleus. And then you have these very complicated antioxidants where we really don't understand 100% how they work. And this gets to your question. Yes. So resveratrol is an example oh, okay. of... A, Something that popularly That's from made, grapes, right? Yeah. I mean, it can be referred to as an antioxidant because mm-hmm. it has antioxidant effects. Mm-hmm. But it also has these other effects like increasing the longevity of the cell. The cell lives longer. Um, the lifespan of an organism like mice, you can feed mice resveratrol, they live longer. Mm -hmm. So these are complicated outcomes from what we traditionally have labeled as antioxidants that can't be explained Oh, here we go with mechanism of action. We don't know, but it works. I love when doctors say that. So are vitamins, vitamin C and E, are they like (laughs) has-beens? No, the way I look at it is, um, you know, some people accumulate like they collect they're collectors, right? They collect stamps. Other people collect <laughs> antiques. Macrina Alexiades collects knowledge. That's like my thing. <laughs> I'm a collector of knowledge. Actually, it was a patient who said that many years ago, and it's so true. So in the skincare world, I'm a collector of like the world's best ingredients. And just because something's old doesn't mean it's not really good. A lot of times better stuff comes out, mm-hmm. but what I like about antioxidants is that I'm starting to classify them according to different mechanisms of action, getting back to mechanisms of action. And one of the things that I'm hoping to do in the next decade, because I'm building out a lab right now, is isolating new active ingredients from plants. But one of the things I'm known for in dermatology is classification, classification of molecules, classification of disease entities, classification of therapeutics. So it is a goal of mine to start to classify ingredients according to their precise mechanism and action. Mm. So I still think there is a very important place for this the vitamin C, E, you know, ferulic acid mm-hmm. group. Uh, and the other important thing to understand about antioxidants is that they work slightly differently from each other. They so scab- it's good to have a lot of them then. Yes. And one of the important things to understand is that you can't just have one. So I'm vehemently opposed to having a 10% vitamin C serum. Why is that? If you look at the way antioxidants work, they scavenge free radicals, but they don't scavenge them all. So you've probably heard this before, C has to be with E because Mm -hmm. they scavenge each other's leftovers. Mm -hmm. Ah. And what happens is if you're using a very high dose vitamin C, it can become pro-oxidant. 
because so it's pure vitamin C but, makes some trash that you don't want in your skin. Yeah, leftover o- so why oxidative. So any reputable brand just do a vitamin C serum? Uh, you know, I don't know. You'd have to ask them. Wow, but that's, it's that, that's new information to me. Well, yes, and it's like that's when you get wonky. You've heard that term, like yeah. there are wonks. Yeah. Well, you really have to get wonky. You have to get dig deep into um, antioxidants. So that just like you wouldn't just eat cauliflower all day. Now, cauliflower is a great like yeah. vegetable, mm-hmm. but what I've learned as a physician is that people who eat, may sound like they're eating healthy, but they eat a very restricted diet, they get sick. Yeah, because the way our biology works is that we are protected from a diverse diet. And that means both by mouth Mm -hmm. and on your skin for a reason. And homeopathy has very little pellets. So it's another area that I study is homeopathy, which uses plant extracts. Those pellets are tiny. Why is that? You need a small dose of a little bit of everything so we need a to lot have of, a balance. Yeah, we need a lot. It's like a salad. Like you just don't eat want. Eat your rainbow of salad. Yes, eat the rainbow. So yeah. So Put on the rainbow. Right. So back to your question, is CE still available? Absolutely. I have the C. I have the E. I have the frulic acid. I have the fluoretin. I have. When the, you say I have, are we talking about? Oh, my actives. Oh, in your gonna, line. We're going to get to 37. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because now I'm starting to understand the 37 thing a bit more. It, yes. I want to ask you questions about that in first, but I think okay. you had another question yeah, about so, uh, barriers, yes. right? So here's the thing. I don't know how, if this relates at all, but I feel like it does. <laughs> does this have to do with protecting the barrier? I hear so much about the okay. barrier lately. Yeah. Barrier repair ingredients are essential to my collection. You know, I collect ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my core groups of classified ingredients in my actives line because – The skin is our first barrier to the outside world. What does it consist of? Essentially cement. Like our outer layer is called the corneal layer. It's dead cells Mm -hmm. that decompensate. And so it's like a bunch of fatty acids and cholesterol and ceramides that are glued together. They're all compacted down. And it's very waxy. You know, Mm. keratin is very waxy. This is a lovely picture of painting. (laughs) So, you know, that's why water you can kind of like like a duck's tail. You can kind oh, of so wipe funny. it off you, right? Yeah. Never think about when that. you it's get out like of the shower. Poof. You go shoop, and it comes right off, right? Yeah, so like we are kind of like we're Teflon coated. Yeah, we are. Yeah, like in a we're weird Teflon coated. Yeah, if we're lucky. But there are a lot of people. <laughs> no, soggy it just got person. real. <laughs> we're getting real. But there are a lot of what we call polymorphisms. So that these are people in the population who have a change in one of their genes yeah. of one of the cements of the cell or the enzymes like transglutaminase, for example, is a classic that helps build the cement. And these people have these mutations and it breaks down their skin barrier. And those are the folks that end up with things like eczema, oh, dermatitis. Okay. okay. And why is going. that important? Because they have like these little breaks in their barrier. So if we didn't have this gene, we'd all have those skin issues. Yeah. And it's basically a bell curve, right? There are people yeah. who have and don't have. And one of the beauties of evolutionary biology is that mutations are really highly adaptive for us mm-hmm. because we have that selection pressure, Darwinian natural selection, the the survival of the fittest. So DNA mutations are an adaptive feature of our species because without them, we would have died out long ago. We wouldn't have been able to change. We have to adapt. We have to roll with the punches. Yeah. So why some people may look at mutations as a bad thing, having broken barrier is a bad. I understand that. But at the same time, those mutations allow for adaptation. In any event, that's why we have a significant percent of the population who have these types of mutations that results in a broken barrier. But there are many components of the barrier. There are many ways you could have a broken barrier. The other is deficiencies. So we've learned that people who have like fatty acid deficiencies have a broken barrier. Zinc deficiencies, broken barrier. So, And that happens in third world countries or places mm. where they don't have good diet, but it can also happen to somebody who's not eating well. Mm-hmm. So you're right. The skin barrier will keep bad stuff out. But because a lot of people have a broken barrier, a lot of things get in. And then furthermore, there are a lot of things that penetrate the skin because they are soluble into skin. So that's when we start to talk about UV. If you mm. think of light as a thing, that thing, those photons, which are little things, a pocket, packets of energy, are actually penetrating through the skin. They're able to... So we need that barrier tight. Well, the thing about the barrier is we have a barrier that's a physical barrier. What constitutes the light barrier is melanin. Mm. So if you have a lot of melanin, you have a natural sunscreen. And, that, and how that works in an antioxidant fashion 
is the melanin serves to absorb all the UV light. So the UV is absorbed by what's called a chromophore. A chromophore is a component in the skin that absorbs light. Mm -hmm. Chroma is light, is color in Greek. And um, photo means to carry. It carries light. It takes it, receives Mm. it. So people who have a lot of melanin are lucky because they're walking around with natural sunscreen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those who have less are at increased risk of that UV light not being absorbed by melanin and doing some bad stuff in the cell. Jess's face is priceless. I'm sorry. I just looked over at you. (laughs) First of all, my head is like spinning. (laughs) Second of all, were your parents scientists? Um, I just need to know like where – like I'm picturing you like emerging out of the womb like, and then photons. (laughs) I love photons so much. I'm a laser specialist, guys. You know that. Just tell me, were your your parents in this biz? And then we'll go right back to the question. No, my father was an electrical engineer and my mom was a fashion – She was a fashion designer and an artist. Right brain, left brain, right brain, left brain. Right brain, left brain. Okay, sorry. It took us off course. I'm just like, let's go back to the the people with all the melanin. They're so lucky. Their barrier is is somewhat protected. Correct. Because they, it's, you know, you're hitting on something so interesting and so like, of course, uh, of course, it takes you to another level of thought, <laughs> right? <laughs> so we have the physical barrier, and I would call this sort of like the wave barrier, the photon barrier. It's yeah. it's a concept that we've given birth to right here on Fat Mascara. Amazing, Jess. This is like and Harvard Club. Good job. Harvard Club, like, X Fat Mascara. <laughs> you guys should do, like, a, a, pa- a speaking panel. We'll take it on the road. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about the, the barrier and one thing. For us people with less melanin, we wear sunscreen, as do people with melanin. That's an important thing. Do antioxidants really up the help of sunscreen? We hear that all the time in marketing. Yes, 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 yes. So now This is true. This is true. This is the deal. So now let's look at how antioxidants work. It turns out... You didn't do that yet? (laughs) You know how, like, they lie to you? They tell you that DNA is made up of four bases, and they don't tell you all the exceptions. And then after you pass ninth grade, you get to a higher level. They're like, but we didn't tell you in ninth grade. Oh, our basic science is, like, not cutting it at this point. Well, the brain, it's just that as you're going through education, it's like foundation and building blocks. So I'm trying to give building blocks here for us here and also the people who are listening so we don't bombard terms. Layman's terms. So let's get more nitty-gritty. So it turns out out that vitamin C and E, they actually absorb wavelengths as well. Okay. So a lot of antioxidants aren't even working on the oxygen-free radicals sometimes. What they're doing is they are working almost like sunscreens. They're absorbing UV light. Mm. So you have some of that going on as well. And that's why I said that it'll be really interesting as I embark on this work for the next decade of isolating and characterizing plant actives, uh, one of the things I'm interested in is starting to create categories of how many of them are absorbing UV, which ones are those, and they'll be in one bucket. Then they'll be the ones that actually like neutralize oxygen. They interact with the oxygen-free radicals and neutralize them. They take that electron away. Mm -hmm. So they receive the electron so that the oxygen goes back to being just friendly oxygen. And then there are the ones that are the complex ones that go into places like the mitochondria and work specifically there. And then there are others that work on other types of free radicals that we haven't talked about yet that are like nitrogen-based or sulfur-based that come from pollution. Those are free radicals. We don't really talk about it as like antioxidant per se, but they really are functioning in the same way by receiving that very active electron so it doesn't have a chance to go to membranes and make holes in membranes. And that little nitrogen whatever electron is coming from like small Pollution. dirt and Smog. Air. Exhaust. Yes. Like soot Correct. And stuff. Yeah, I— question for you we always you know get these questions we always get these products like anti-pollution right. from like right. you know blah blah yeah. brand yeah is this a little bit of a marketing like scare thing or do you think this is a real thing where the pollution's gotten so bad and it's messing up our skin yeah i mean you, this is it's great that we're having this conversation because one of the examples is vitamin c vitamin e Ferulic acid, these types of things. Why? Because they they are scavenging. They're really collecting electrons for us. So whether the electron is due to a UV-induced free radical Mm -hmm. or whether it's due to a pollution-induced free radical, we don't really care. They're just collecting electrons. So the claim. I'm picturing little guys like mm, the the garbage man. I I really – I have to say like I have actually visualized resveratrol as like the housekeeper. 
okay. <laughs> that goes around with the vacuum and does yeah. some sort of cl- mysterious cleanup. And uh, you come home and everything's just back like in Rosie order. Rosie from the Jets. Yeah, Rosie. Oh, <laughs> my Rosie. God. That's Rosie. Rosie, Rosie Miss Rosie. Troll. Yes. <laughs> That's really funny. I feel like everyone's going to picture that now when they <laughs> use their, you know, serums. Okay, super, super side question. I always, you know, like to to Jen's point, like eat the rainbow. I made like a little salad today. Yes. I was like, look at me. There's like red and green right. and yellow. I feel proud when I yeah, do I always that. Feel, yeah, yeah. I want to like want someone to see me. Like, yes. <laughs> Good for you. Is those ingesting those antioxidants yes. can that have a real benefit on skin? I'm yes. not saying we need to skip serums or right, like right, topicals, right. but does it really help? I totally agree. I think that I live by what I say, which is that, you know, the Mediterranean diet is my exemplar. And why do I choose that? Look at places, those those places, those blue zones where mm-hmm. people live to be 120. I don't you know. To I know, necessarily. <laughs> but other than lack of stress, they tend to have like this varied diet, the uh-huh. rainbow diet. They have and they eat seasonally. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why certain things grow at different seasons. And I'm a firm believer that those are the antioxidants and other ingredients you need at that time. Yeah, that, I believe that's it. You're right. We like adapted as humans alongside all that's those plants. That's it. So. Yeah. So like watermelon in the summer. And so here's an example of watermelon. And we need to talk about DNA repair because like I said, there's a, there are many different levels where uh, there's oxidant damage in the cell, right? So it can start out with just UV where you absorb it. Then you have the oxygen-free radical, what collects the electron from that. Then you have the other types of free radicals from pollution. Now look, look downstream. Let's say we don't collect that electron and that oxygen free radical makes its way to one of what we call organelles in the cell. Mm-hmm. So the organelles in the cell, if you picture a cell being a human body, there are little things in the cell that are like the heart, the intestine, you know, the kidney, and they are called organelles because they're like mini organs. And so what happens is that that free radical can go and poke holes in the organs. Like imagine puncturing a hole in your heart. You know, you wouldn't be able to survive. That's what happens to the cell. So we then have these antioxidants that are working inside uh, the organelle to try to, you know, stop this ricocheting of free radicals. But ultimately, if it makes its way all the way to the nucleus and causes DNA damage, that's where repairing DNA is super important. And those I've categorized as DNA repair molecules. DNA repair molecules are very abundant in plants and sea organisms that are in bright sunlight. And watermelon Mm. is a perfect example. So again, the stuff that's growing in the summer is packed with ingredients that are helping you deal with sun. And like and skin like and skin issues and skin issues. Um I I, you know we have this list of questions and, and I want to adhere to it. But you're you don't like have making to me to it. I know, but I feel like we have like a lot of really important questions we need to get to. Now, what I want to know what those crappy winter vegetables. Do. I, I know, <laughs> like, right? Like old like squash. Thanks, squash. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> actually, maybe they're moisturizing. There's more omegas for like dry skin in the winter. Is that true too, or no? It's All quite right, possible. No, no. I, I, oh, okay. I think that there is validity to this theory of mine that the seasonal vegetables and fruits are providing ingredients and raw materials that we need to withstand the elements during that season. I've given you support for my theory with respect to watermelon, um, you know, there's the alginates and, and you know, the plants. You're not that, on trial. We'll take your yeah, theory. But we, we, I be, but we buy it. We're fine. So, yeah. <laughs> so you're right. I mean, there may be higher omega levels, higher fatty acids in some of the winter veggies. Yeah. So here's my question. You mentioned, like, you were talking about watermelon and DNA repair. Let me tell you something. If I got a press release, I'm sure there's one sitting in our, our inboxes right now about how watermelon is going to, like, de- you know, DNA repair. And I always look at, like, how can they get away with saying this stuff? The mm-hmm. other term is at the cellular level. Oh, boy. Okay, it's like in every single presentation we see. Is that BS or actually is this – are products and food working – at, you know, right. at the cellular level, if they're able to repair DNA. Yeah, so I included DNA repair molecules from watermelon in, in my neck and deck. So there's a con- neck and deck in I the neck it. and deck. Let's I'm going to start using that. That's 37 neck and yeah, yeah, the neck, neck and deck. Yeah, yeah, the neck and deck. Um, and I had you know the classic alginates, the red and blue algae, and the micrococcus and the rhabdopsis for like the face cream. So this was really cool learning about watermelon and what. These claims that are made by these labs are backed up by rigorous basic science. So typically what is done 
um, is that they will apply a product on one arm and the vehicle, which means like the product without the active ingredients on the other, and have you sit out in the sun and then take biopsies and look at something called thymidine dimer formation. What's that? That's when your free radicals get to the nucleus and cause mutations. So we can actually count the number of mutations you get on your arm with or without the product. And that's mm. where DNA repair claims and even antioxidant claims have come into play. Okay. So there is validity to the fact that the net result is fewer mutations in your cells. So that's how the basic science claims are made. The problem is you cannot make those claims in a cosmetic product. So the FDA strictly... But your stuff's cosmetic though, right? My stuff is cosmetic and I do not make claims like that. Oh, okay. okay I do not it. talk about cells. I <laughs> when don't you talk say make claims, you mean they just can't put it on the packaging and the marketing and the advertising? That's correct. So there's very likely products out there that act almost as drugs at that level, yes. but they just don't tell you that. They so cannot they, because then yeah. they would have to be regulated as drugs. Okay. And it's mm. the same thing with supplements. Mm -hmm. So supplements that are over the counter, you know, you could look at it like vitamin A is a poor man's Accutane, right? Mm -hmm. If you take it at high enough dose, if there's toxicity, you cannot make the claims that you would for, for an Accutane. Right. And so my point being that even though we know that some of the things that are sold in the supplement counter are functioning like drugs, they are supplements because they're refraining from making drug claims. We've Otherwise, talked about that. Yeah. yeah, it's just when you think about it with skincare, that's, I think we think of supplements a little bit more like, okay, yeah, yeah, they can't make a claim, but the idea that products can really make what, the cellular yeah, like change. What percentage of products do you think over the counter actually work at a drug level like that? I will tell you the answer to that. When you're dealing with cheaply manufactured products, you know, really cheaply manufactured product. They typically have ingredients like mineral oil or petrolatum. Ain't nothing getting in your skin. I mean, it is basically like putting grease on top of your skin. And anything that you might want to put in there isn't really going to penetrate So even if there's grease. actives in there, they're not getting into your skin. Yeah, and they're, and they're at low concentrations and they low aren't Low level stable. actives, high levels of these. Of fillers. Like but if, yeah, if, if mineral oil is at the tail end of the ingredient list, is that really still a concern? No, because you the way the FDA regulates labeling is you only have to put them in the order of quantity above 1%. So you can put the order of your ingredients any which way you want after you get down below a 1% level. Mm -hmm. So the order doesn't really tell you much after that point. But it's in terms of penetration of active ingredients, formulation is terribly important. So, I mean, I use happen to use liposomal formulations, which are highly efficient because they are fatty fatty bubbles mm -hmm. that bind really well. We were talking about the skin barrier yeah. being made of fat, lipids. So if you deliver ingredients using a fatty bubble, it is lipid soluble. It will connect will to your skin and, go, and deliver it. Yep, it connects and boop, so opens up into So completely anti-mineral oil, like in products? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm, my, my products are mineral oil, petrolatum-free. Even if, like, let's say I put on my serums and everything, and then I seal it in with something that has mineral oil. Because at that point, I'm not... Yeah, no, I would never uh, recommend that. Really? Yes. Uh, yes. And oils in general, sooner or later, they become occlusive and they can cause trouble. Uh, for example, there was an oil, oil trend about three or four years ago, mm -hmm. and everybody was putting oils on their faces. Mm -hmm. And the amount of very deep-seated cystic acne I was seeing in my office among that population really? was really on a daily basis. And it's insidious because you have to use oils for several weeks before that starts. And they're usually very painful red dots in the center of the cheek that then slowly morph into cysts. Lovely. So yeah, plain oils on the skin are not tolerated that well, particularly in hormonally active women. Okay. So let's go to your actives. They're formulated well. They're getting into our skin. Why the heck are there 37 of them? Is okay. this all these little buckets you were talking about? So initially, and this is going back over a decade, I started collecting ingredients over 20 years ago in my mind. And in my practice back in 2000 when I started practicing, that was the beginning. That was the very beginning of the anti-aging skincare plethora, boom of ingredients. Prior to that, since 1980, we basically had Retin-A. Mm -hmm. um, in the 70s, we had, in terms of Inky, 500 chemicals. That was it. 
fast forward to, I think it was like 2011, it was in recent years, it's now 11,000 and counting. And so the ingredient boom started around 2000 when I entered the scene as a dermatologist. And it started with things like, you know, antioxidants were, were, were coming on the scene. DNA repair, um, you know, barrier repair ingredients were starting to be thought about. There were a lot who espoused growth factors. I'm against growth factors. Mm. Uh, the reason being that if you look at cancers of all kinds, they're usually, they're not usually, they're often Gain of function growth factor mutations. No, oh, great. So I'm the last cancer. thing, we, they're, well, they're no. muta- <laughs> say that again. All right. So we look. If you look at muta- uh, if you look at cancers, yeah. Uh, sometimes they are due to what we call gain of function mutations, which means increased function of growth factors. Okay. Like so, just the, like your natural growth factors, or something? yeah, because growth factors stimulate. The growth and That's reproduction. That's why you get a tumor with weird teeth and hair in it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh, you get it. Truly. Oh wait. Right. Right. Because growth factors work by stimulating cells to make more of themselves. But those people that have the tumors with the teeth and the hair—that's so rare. Oh, those are those head addicts. Yeah, but I was just trying to give an example of like it's growing stuff. Yeah. Okay. So back to your those line. Are germ Let's cell get away tumors. from the teeth and gro- hair growing okay. progenitor cells that have the potential to make different tissues. Those are germ cell tumors. If we've often heard, and lately this, there's this new marketing thing of like simpler is better, fewer mm-hmm. ingredients is right, better. It'll right. be better for sensitive skin. So now that you have your 37 plus, because I know you keep 50. collecting, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you saying that. How come it's not going to make my skin all break out and sensitive? Oh, because of smart formulation. I mean, <laughs> like encapsulating it in those things. Is that what you're talking oh, about? Oh, be way beyond that. Oh, okay. I got a patent for my original formula. Okay, so let's talk about how formulation can be done really smart. So one thing is the ingredients. And we talked about classes of ingredients. You know, I have the anti-redness reducers. I have the brown spot reducers. I've got the barrier repair. I have the texture improvers. I've got the pore reducers. Mm -hmm. I've got the antioxidants, the peptides for anti-wrinkle. I have all the different classes, right? So that's really hard work is the IP, the intellectual property of selecting the world's best ingredients from the best source labs who have done their work. Um, then the next is, how do I formulate this so that my actives are st- active and stable together? Oh, yeah, you had a question. Yeah, you m- you mentioned, you know, I was doing a little research on your line. It was like, our actives last, you know, much oh, longer yeah. than the average, like, you know, s- up to six months after. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of serums kicking around in my apartment yeah. that have been open for more than six months. Like, these are antioxidant serums. Are they no longer... Um, yeah, I, I was surprised potent? by this. So what I did was I, I found the chemist who helped pioneer the antioxidant assays, ORAC, DDTP. There are a couple of really key assays that What's we use. DTTP? Like how you test D- an antioxidant. Yeah, how you for test for antioxidant activity. Okay. Yeah. And we compare typically antioxidant activity against ascorbic acid, which is the chemical name for vitamin C. Mm-hmm. That's like our industry standard. So you can compare how good your antioxidant mixture is compared to certain do- doses and levels of this of, of various different standard antioxidants. And so what we found, and I was shocked by this back then, shocked, was that the leading at one of one of it. at that time it was the leading antioxidant in the marketplace had lost 50% of its activity by 6 months and it you could kind of tell that cuz it was turning brown a serum like a oh the hot dog serum i know it, which it one slowly it is. turns brown over time and it gets hot dog smell yeah this is the yeah thing beauty that's editors what talk about yeah. whereas mine had maintained 100% to 6 months after opening the jar so opening and closing opening and mm-hmm, closing and mm-hmm. taking aliquots and I believe the reason for that was that because mine are all liposomally encapsulated in such a dense formulation, which is a cream polymer technology, that's what I created for, th- for 37 Actives, that actually my antioxidants were more protected from oxygen mm-hmm. than this loose liquidy serum was, which was obviously getting brown glass way and too that. much oxygen exposure hmm. and using up the antioxidants. What does your serum feel like on the skin? As you know, if it's not looking, it liquidy. feels like clouds, and it kind of like absorbs okay. right in. This is the artist <laughs> side of her. I know. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> it feels like clouds. Who, who took over her body? <laughs> but what I wanted to say was that's just antioxidants. There are so many other classes of ingredients. So in I, your products, yeah, yeah. In, in all products. So right, right. I hatched this idea that in addition <laughs> to the antioxidant assays, I hired this chemist who's our third 
cardiac chemist in Europe to do serial HPLC analysis. HPLC is um, chromatography where you actually take a substance and identify what's in it, right? And I was surprised to see that my actives were at original levels out to three years. So that tells me that my actives are so stable in this formulation. I had some uh, luxury skin creams in the industry tested, and and in one case that I tested as a, as a comparison, the only thing left at one year was preservative. Oh my god! So because the oxygen it used up all the, the oh, good stuff. They just weren't the actives just weren't stable. Weren't, weren't stable. They deteriorated over time, and I For that, your ser- your yeah, six I don't want our ser- listeners to be like, oh, fat mascara told me that all my products are shit after like six months. No, no, like, no, no. But are, what, what is what's the, the takeaway? The takeaway. The takeaway is is that I've pioneered a new area in cosmetics, which is post marketing analysis. So you think other companies should be doing this as well? I raised the bar. So basically what it, I think we have an onus of responsibility to prove to our consumer, as I have, that once I manufacture my cream, if it gets to you mm-hmm. within three years, 100% of my active ingredients right. there at original levels. If this is just not something I hear discussed very much. Of course not, for the reason I just described. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've got to try our best. But don't they have to do stability tests? Like a lot of yeah, brands do. Stability tests have to do with you when you first make a product. But, no, but I, I, I know that, like, you know, they'll do stability testing, like, at six months. At, you know, I hear about this. So. Oh, you're talking about breakdown. Yeah, they want to make sure that the product doesn't separate mm-hmm. and that you don't grow bacteria or a fungus. Oh, but they don't test for active. Act- it's how very expensive it? to do oh. HPLC for years the way I so did. So probably it. most brands are not doing this. A lot oh, of women, no. though. Let's yeah. be honest. You have way more serums and creams than the average woman. Mm-hmm. So most people use them. You'll use it up. Like an yeah. average person's yeah. using theirs yeah. up. That's, that's the whole correct. point of buying it, and, right? And not for nothing, guys. I'm like you because I also, as you know, right? We were talking before the show that I'm also an editor of. Derm journals, of course, uh, and books. But the point being, I get gifted a lot of stuff, too. Mm, And it's a shame to throw this stuff away. I try to give it away as best I can, but I have fallen prey to the same thing you have. I've opened up jars that have probably been in my medicine cabinet for a couple of years, and I'm like, I do a Hail Mary. Is this going to (laughs) work? Wait, so is your whole medicine cabinet just like 37 actives, 37 actives now? Yeah. You don't use any other brands? Of course not. What about makeup? No, I have my own tr- treatment foundation. I wish I could do like a 37 actives for every organ, but at least for the skin, I got us covered. You got us covered. But when it comes to um, sunscreen, I don't haven't formulated the world's best sunscreen yet. Mm-hmm. So I rely on the labs that have been working on this for decades. And some of them are definitely better than others, and I've tested them. And so what I do is if I'm going to be on a boat in Greece when I'm there for my vacation, I'm going to use the really high SPF, the mm-hmm. one that performs the best for my face. And then maybe for the body, I just stick with, you know, some protective clothing and minimizing exposure. And uh, if I have to, you know, I'll use like one of the organic brands so that I minimize systemic Yeah, what's your fave sunscreen? So my favorite still, and the one that I believe performs the best, is the Neutrogena SPF 100. Or if you can't get that, you can do the 85. Okay. okay. Thank you so much <laughs> for giving you, us Dr. all McCreen. of the knowledge. Thank you. This was great. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Be well. Be well. We're ready to raise a wand. I'm so excited about yeah, my... you said that you had a good raise a wand. I have such a good one. I'm obsessed, obsessed, obsessed with this thing in my bag that I'm about to reveal to you, which isn't coming out, so this is getting even more... There's a lot of rustling. Oh, it's a my... hairbrush. When have I ever been excited about a hairbrush? No. Nah, this nah, is my never. new Rain Cry hairbrush. Okay. It's like a new brand, right? I love it so much. Why? Just put this in your hand. So it's a nice weight. It's pretty hefty. It's it. Okay, you know how the Mason Pearson sometimes hurts. At least it hurts me. The boar I don't bristles, use the Mason Pearson. Okay, boar bristles. I know they're good. They distribute the oils, but mm, like bad. sometimes it's just sensitive, and I don't like that. And I also don't like a squishy um, bristle. I We're like, not going to get into it, but boar bristle is very cruel. Keep going. Oh, I didn't even think about the no, it's no, not uh, boar bristle. Hideous. Google it, and you will make the switch this, pronto. Okay, well, good. You can switch to this ring cry, which is a paddle brush with like a, a cushiony bottom, an oval shape. And there is something about this brush that like is the most massagey, perfect firmness of a brush and like doesn't feel cheap in your hand. Go ahead. Can it's I, fine. I, I, I don't have cooties. Can I just... No, just do it right onto the scalp because it just, oh. it feels oh, expensive nice. too. You know what this reminds me a little bit of? Like there was um, 
this thing called the tickler. Remember the tickler? It's like a guess. It's not exactly like the tickler. It, the t- Google the tickler. You'll to Google everything instead of me explaining things. Um, you just like it looks like it's like a wire contraption. That'd be the worst podcast yeah. ever. <laughs> Google this next. So it's like this little weird wire thing that you like slowly put in your head and, and an it, egg cracks your head yeah, yeah. and then the blah, blah, dripping down it's yeah. like that yeah um so this is the rain cry this is the large detangling paddle brush 75 bucks not cheap definitely less expensive than a board like a mason pearson yeah. i but it is quality and it looks like tortoiseshell but it's not don't yeah. worry yeah, it looks like tortoiseshell and the massage you get from this is amazing and they have a 50 dollars version one too if you're not ready to throw down 75 is bucks it a smaller a, one a little bit smaller because this is kind of large but i have a lot of hair yeah. and i've been blow drying with it too and it smooths it for straightening but even more so distributing those scalp oils and like mm. massaging it feels so good do you blow dry your hair every time you do your hair hardly ever okay. ever, ever i was like yeah i don't so, i can't i mean blow would it look like this if i blow dry it no it looks it looks nice but you never know like who's blow drying and who's sorry not. i left the mic for okay. a second okay your turn my turn um, remember a few years ago, I swear to God, I think it was like two or three years ago when you gave a razor wand to Clementines. Girl, yes. Okay. I almost did a fruit this time. That's so yeah, funny. I'm doing a fruit. Yes! I'm doing a fruit. And I think it's apropos because we were just talking about fruits and stuff and like watermelon with McCreen. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know you're craving watermelon this time of year. You know what my favorite fruit in the world is? A pomelo. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think I'm actually, I have one. I've never had one. That's just your perfume. Yes. Nectarines, baby. they are juicy they are sexy they give you a little bit not of a crunch but like something happened you know like oh i broke through skin (laughs) (laughs) i'm such a fierce animal like and i have to tell you they also soften up really quickly like if you get a really hard one just like put it in a bag or just like in your in your handbag for like i believe the word is ripen Mm -hmm. yeah you you know what i mean (laughs) um and Right now, New York, you know, New York, I feel like I rag a lot on New York, but it's kind of like there's so many amazing things, too. The fruit stands that are on like every oh, we're few coming corners. into stone fruit season yes. right now. And I'm telling you, you go to Whole Foods or something like that. You're going to pay. You're going to pay for even the Dagostinos. You're going to pay for those nectarines. Are you talking about the guy on 57th and 8th? Yep. He's got amazing nectarines. He's got great nectarines. 57th and 8th. He, I stock up and or I eat them at my desk. I like leave sometimes at 4 and go get one. And I enjoy that fruit. And let me tell you what it has. It has a lot of vitamin C. It has a lot of uh, other antioxidants. And for those of you who are like very like glycemic keto whatever i don't know i don't know if this is keto it's, it's a low glycemic fruit which is surprising because they're so sweet and delicious it's one it, I, they're so they feel naughty that's why i like they feel naughty this podcast has been brought to you by nectarines <laughs> my homeboy on 57th street <laughs> um just it's just delicious so please enjoy them and support your local your fruit guys they're working hard out there Thanks for listening. Fat Mascara is produced by our friends at Atwell Media. You can check out our website, fatmascara.com, for episode recaps, product recommendations, and discount codes. And if you want to reach us directly, email us at info at fatmascara.com, or you can follow us on social at fatmascara, shoot us a DM, and we'd love if you went over to iTunes and threw us a rating. How many stars? Five. Five, please. <laughs>